0: Hello and welcome to 2 Beer Still Takeoff. My name is Phil and today my guest is a 25-year-old who has been to over 100 countries and is on a mission to join the very exclusive club of having visited every country in the world. To date, only 200 people have achieved achieved this feat, which is insane. He has been to many war (coughs) war zones, visited many tribes, and has tried some of the strangest food on earth. You can see this content on his TikTok and Instagram accounts, DNZH Travels. Welcome to the show, Daniel.
1: Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. What's
0: What's going on, buddy?
1: Not much. How are you, bro?
0: Listen, I'm. I have a cold. Wink, wink.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen
0: it's it's been uh it's been a couple of days there. We've had uh, two Christmas parties in the last three days, and uh, That's I'm rough. hurting a little bit.
1: <laughs> I feel you, man. That's rough. <laughs>
0: So yeah, we we definitely have our our radio voices today because I think yeah. you were at a at a Christmas party recently too, I. Eh?
1: Christmas party. I've I've just came back from Asia, so my body's not used to the cold weather here in London. So yeah, that's my excuse. I'm I'm getting a cold, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, as as a Canadian, I'm sure that it's very cold
1: in London. Yes. Yeah. Minus now it's like minus two, which is crazy. Oh shit, it is. Yeah.
0: Okay. 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 I yeah. thought it was you were gonna say like, oh, it's plus fifteen. It's, it's very cold today. <laughs> no, it's very cold. <laughs> yeah. No, that's fair. Uh, listen, man your uh, your birthday was recently. You just turned twenty five. Happy birthday.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah.
0: How how was the party? Of
1: century. It was good. Um, it was my first time celebrating my birthday away from the family away from my friends so it was just me and the person I was traveling with but it was good it was it was nice I yeah it's always good to change it up every now and then yeah because yeah. because
0: for you like is your because I know you're you're from Portugal but you're living in England currently uh, yeah for you like are your parents your f- like a family friends, are they still all in Portugal?
1: No, everyone's in London because I've been here since okay. I was seven. Yeah, yeah. In I do have friends in Portugal. I've got my two grandmothers, but apart from them, everyone's in London. I've been here since I was seven. So nice. all my studying, uh, I work here. Yeah, my whole life is basically in London, but I'm Portuguese.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But I mean, that's probably why you don't sound like I mean like that your accent you don't have an accent like you you sound like you're a Londoner
1: British yeah or to me anyway yeah trained here to 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 most people (laughs) yeah exactly which which,
0: yeah yeah, you're really good man uh but listen I want to I want to talk a bit about your mission to go to every country in the world
1: yeah how did this start uh so, I've always had travel in the family. So, my sisters have always traveled a lot. My brother in laws, my parents have moved around a lot. And yeah, for my, so every year from my birth, we would always go away for a weekend somewhere. So, I was getting countries slowly. And when I turned 18 and started working, I went with my sister on my first proper trip. We went to Southeast Asia. So, we went to Hong Kong and Malaysia. And from there, I kind of got addicted. And mm. it starts off slowly. So my initial goal was 30 countries by the age of 30, and then you get to 30 pretty quickly, and you're like, oh, 100 countries, and yeah, it builds up to visiting every country. Yeah. So, so, so approximately,
0: that. how many how many travel like travel days do you have per year that you're 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 on the road?
1: Uh, it depends. So I've got like a zero hour contract, so I basically oh. take work when I can work and when I can't work, and yeah. Now pairing that up with social media, I'm able to travel a lot more, which is good.
0: Nice. And so I guess when so you said that you you know you traveled when you were younger with your parents got a few countries that way and then you got the bug. When did the bug kick in? What, like how old were you when you're like fuck? I I'm I'm doing this every country in the world.
1: Uh, oh, so every country in the world. Maybe twenty one, I would say. Um, when I started meeting people that have that that were in that community and so through Instagram and Facebook groups, I started meeting people that that were doing that, and I realized that it is possible. And yeah, so around 21, I'd say. So it's been, yeah, three or four years. Yeah, 21, 22, I'd say. Right
0: on. And in that span of time, approximately how many countries were you able to complete?
1: Most of them have been in the last three years, so I just remember COVID, although I still managed to travel a lot during COVID, but the majority of them were in the last three years.
0: Yeah. Okay, cool. And I guess during during COVID, what were the, did you, did you experience any, like, were, did you travel straight through COVID?
1: Yeah. So I tried to go, so I went to, I did a lot of Africa during COVID because a lot of Europe was closed down and Asia was all closed down. And once you're in Africa, you can kind of get around pretty easily through land borders and stuff. So I spent a lot of time there during COVID. Yeah. It was a good place. Yeah.
0: That's it. Seems to have. I've heard a few people going to um, Central America, like Mexico. I think was a hotbed for uh, for COVID because it was one of the open countries, and Africa as well was. It seemed to have been a, a place where a lot more countries were open to tourism, whereas like yeah. you know you had like the Japan's of the world, where they're just recently reopening from COVID, right? So that's
1: correct. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, an in- interesting thing that you're you're doing though is that you're getting a tattoo in every country that you're going to. So I'm just saying this here, I looked it up and there's currently no record for a person getting a tattoo in every country in the world. So you may want to, you know, try this journey as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't, it's not something I take too seriously. It was an idea that came to me recently on my last trip and i've had some tattoos in other countries beforehand but i never thought about it as actually going for a world record but you've given me the idea now so you might as well if you're
0: gonna if you're gonna be trying to do all the
1: countries right might as well get a bit of ink on the way yeah i mean this i'd have to go back to a lot of countries but i might be to do that yeah so So
0: are there ever like i know that some of them in your videos you're explaining that you're you know is some of them you contact them through instagram you know get to talk a bit about the design whereas some you just kind of walk in and just just
1: get it on the yeah. way. any bad experiences no i usually yeah i message a few shops beforehand and every, like most people are down because it's usually a small tattoo and it's something they can do quickly and it's if it does go well it's good to be a part of the journey um, but when i was in bali now recently that was the first time i actually went to a shop and i, and I asked him i was like hey do you want to be a part of this and it worked out well i got a really small tattoo although i don't remember him changing the needles so i feel like that's why i got it <laughs> but it is what it is oh he changed it changed it
0: before you went there right like yeah yeah, yeah. he looked like a responsible guy i'm pretty sure
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> my arm is still fine so <laughs> i'm sure it's all good hepatitis c not that more I'm, I'm
0: kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding <laughs> But yeah, so listen on uh, in your videos as well. Like you're you're doing a lot of crazy stuff. You're uh, visiting a lot of crazy places. But one of the yeah. things that we're and we're gonna talk about this a bit later. But I, I I see the stuff that you eat and man I like that's that's the first few videos that I saw that I was like oh man I gotta follow this guy. This guy's awesome. Yeah, is you're eating snake worms. Everything. You're eating all this crazy
1: stuff. I'll try it once. I'm not. I would never say no to something. I'll try it once.
0: Do, like I. Yeah, obviously based on the videos, there's a lot of shit that I, I'd definitely say no to but do you often get sick being that invent- Adventurous when you're
1: eating out? No, not really. I don't I think I've been sick twice and never to the point where I've gone to hospital So the worst I've had was a few days in, in bed But yeah, I feel like I've built up my tolerance and my immune system is pretty good at this point So I can I can try most things carefree. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you, you've definitely <laughs> pushed your body to the limit yeah, say yeah. that say the least. <laughs> but uh, no listen in- interestingly enough now you're, you're you're now a travel leader for a Mauritiana trip um, so why, why did you pick to go to do uh, Mauritiana uh,
1: so let me just explain to that so I work for a Portuguese company who who do who do, they do tours around the world and I'm a tour leader like you said and pretty much all of the destinations are like the common places like Thailand and just the usual places mm. and that's not really my style I, I like the more off the beaten path sort of countries and more is a beautiful place it's just below morocco and it has a lot of potential for tourism so i thought that's a great place to to start off with
0: nice because i mean like like you said like most people would probably be like thailand let's do the the generic countries whereas yeah, yeah. Mauritania can't say no, i know many people that have been there
1: yeah and people have even heard of it to be fair and yeah i think that's a good reason why i should start with these sort of places
0: yeah absolutely yeah. Listen, Daniel, let's uh let's bring you into the to the QA portion. Let's get to know you a little bit better. QA. Alright, first question. Hot or cold?
1: <laughs> Hot. <laughs> so so I'm guessing it's rapid fire questions, yeah. Yeah, man. Hey, okay.
0: expand where you feel that you need to expand.
1: Okay. Being Hot. from
0: Portugal, I understand. Hot.
1: Yeah, definitely. But even in everything, food, everything, I prefer hot. Absolutely.
0: Beach or mountains? Beach. That was another given.
1: (laughs) I'm not a big hiker. Yeah, I don't like hiking and travelers usually love it. But for me, it's not my thing.
0: Have you, listen, I, I got to plug this one, but have you been to Peru?
1: Um, no, I haven't actually been to South America, which is uh, people find really strange that I've been to certain places, but not to South America. Listen,
0: I wasn't much of a hiker before I went to Peru and just seeing the different treks you can do and the different places you can go to yeah. definitely made like I'm more of still a beach more than mountains guy, mm-hmm. but definitely Peru piqued my interest a lot more in mountains uh, during that trip, just because... I guess I didn't really know what to expect and it was just blew my expectations away.
1: I mean, I've done my fair share of hikes. So I've I've done a few volcanoes and, but I still find it very tiring and I'm still gonna you're... do them if it's like a special place. Like I do wanna do one of the big five mountains, but yeah. it's not something that I plan my trips around. I understand. It's like, you're more
0: likely to be drinking a beer on the beach than you are yeah. climbing a mountain. For sure. <laughs> so definitely understand that. <laughs> yeah. Bus or train?
1: trained good answer yeah
0: cats or dogs dogs top or bottom bunk top yes (laughs) i feel like you get
1: private you get privacy up there
0: you do it's just that i it's a bit more adventurous right you never know what's going down on the bottom bunk getting down in the middle of the night's a bit more of a (laughs) holy shit
1: yeah i just feel like when i'm at the bottom like everyone walks around me and yeah when you're on, on top you have a little bit more privacy that's usually why i just yeah I go over that what is your favorite sports team uh so in england i'm an arsenal fan but my team is sporting lisbon I don't know if you've heard of them
0: yep yeah i've seen actually i've never seen a sporting Lis- lisbon game but i've seen uh i've seen a game in porto
1: okay yeah so you're a sports fan yourself well, a football fan. I try,
0: I try to be. I mean, I've got my Tom Brady up here. And just below me here, I have a Muhammad Ali uh, uh, frame as well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. a big sports guy.
1: Good. But yeah, sports in Lisbon all the way.
0: If you had a superpower, what would it be?
1: It would be either flying or speak every language. I think that's an interesting one.
0: Hell, yeah. That's a really good one. I, I haven't had that one before. The, I feel like the, the theme of the show, having travelers on, a lot of people say, you know, being able to either... Um, they kind of be like, a, that they could just like hyperloop to different places or just fly so that they can go where they want. But yeah, that's a really good one. Speak every language. How, how many languages do you currently speak?
1: Uh, English and Portuguese. And with that, I can kind of get by with Spanish. Mm, yeah, so those three. Uh,
0: I, I guess just just quick question based on uh, Portuguese, but you said you didn't, you've never, you haven't gone to South America yet. But are you planning to go? Well, obviously, you're going to, you're planning to go. But uh, is is yeah. Brazil a, a focus for you?
1: Yeah, I mean, all the countries uh, in South America I want to go to. I was actually meant to go in 2020, the second half, but that was obviously cancelled. Mm. But I did have plans for that.
0: Nice. If you could have a beer with one person from history, dead or alive, who would it be and why?
1: Probably. I'll go for a dead and alive. For someone who's passed away, I'd go for Bourdain. I think it'd be yeah. very interesting to speak to. And alive, uh, probably Cristiano Ronaldo. Homer <laughs> <big>. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: Should we talk about this now? How are you are you recovered from the the Portugal, Portuguese loss?
1: Yeah, I get over it pretty quickly. It is what it it's, is.
0: It sucks. Ronaldo's never. He hasn't won a, a World Cup, right?
1: No, that's the last thing he wants before he retires. Fuck.
0: So, do, do you think he comes back for the next one, or is he is he done?
1: No, I think I think he'll surprise us and he'll come back. I don't think he'll play every game like he did this. I mean, like he has been recently. Yeah. Like, even if he just shows up for a few minutes per game, I think he will be in the next one.
0: Yeah, it's it's you're you're seeing a trend with athletes that I think that they're 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 changing a lot of their you know their diet their training regime and it's it's allowing them to to last play longer. longer right like like if you look at tom Brady he's like 46 45 or whatever he's he's probably gonna play till he's 50
1: yeah and Ronaldo is big into his records so if if he can be the oldest upfield player I'm sure he'll try and do that
0: yeah it's it, and I mean obviously like as you age you obviously lose certain edge or you know what I mean speed and stuff like that but maybe he'd be that that tactical player. Yeah. Come in for the penalties or something, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. Get a few goals in.
0: Yeah, of course. What's something you never travel without?
1: Uh, my passport. Does that count? <laughs> sure.
0: Yeah. What is your favorite world attraction?
1: Uh, My favorite world attraction?
0: Yeah, so a world attraction could be... Anything that people are attracted to, so uh, or people that are, are go to, so it could be like one of the wonders of the world.
1: Yeah, could be uh,
0: natural beauty could be the Eiffel Tower. Could...
1: I'm gonna go for one that you've probably never heard of, but the the capital city of Eritrea, Asmara. It's uh, a nope. very beautiful and unique place. Yeah.
0: Wow. What what's so special about that uh, capital?
1: So it used to be colonized by the Italians. So the whole capital city is like built in like this old '60s Art Deco style, and it feels like you've gone back. In time. It was like the first place I felt in awe. It just like no one has mobile phones everyone's on bicycles the buildings are super cool it's yeah it feels like you've gone back in time
0: back in time in like the the old days of italy that's that's crazy
1: yeah yeah and it does look like it people it it was called little Rome.
0: no so do is is the food culture the same as well
1: they do i had the best lasagna i've ever had in eritrea the best coffee was there but they also have their local foods that's quite similar to ethiopian food
0: man that's 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 really that's a really good one that I have to say that's probably one of the best answers I've had to that question
1: yeah I could have gone with the Eiffel Tower or the Great Wall of China <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure you've, you've gotten that before
0: yeah yeah definitely had a couple but no that's that's a really good answer Thank you. Which country has the best cuisine? And why is it Eritrea?
1: <laughs> no, I wouldn't say they've got the best cuisine. Um, for cuisine, I would go for somewhere like Afghanistan. They've got really good food. So like the kebab is really good. and It's all natural. Afghanistan, um, I mean, Italy does have good cuisine. But I'd go for Afghanistan and like like Iran. It's quite similar. It's like the Persian cuisine.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's there's a couple that always come, come through. The Afghanistan ones. It seems like there's a lot more youtubers and 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 people social media people that are doing content on social media that are going through afghanistan i've actually had that about uh afghanistan on another uh, podcast uh, that it was one of their favorite cuisines was there too really good Um, yeah and i mean you always always have the the staples the mexico's the italy right but no that's that's a really good one what is your biggest travel pet peeve
1: traveling with someone who's unorganized yeah
0: does that mean in terms of how they've packed or just how they travel
1: no in terms of they've packed that's just messiness just i don't know, like not sorting out stuff that needs to be sorted out like visas and
0: oh yeah yeah so so it, it hinders your your travel yes
1: yeah, so if i'm traveling with someone and they can't do certain things because they haven't done it correctly i'd feel bad so I'd have to basically <laughs> how do i explain it yeah just not being organized so i feel like especially if you're going to many countries at once you need to kind of be organized
0: yeah that's not in the eurozone or like in the schengen countries or something like that like if you're if you're going through parts of asia or true sure parts of africa too you require a lot of different visas yeah and you, you need that certain level of organization to optimize or your time on the trip right
1: yeah and be people that are rude to locals that kind of that bothers me yeah
0: that's that's pretty dusty don't don't be that person folks no <laughs> what's what's the most underrated country
1: underrated oh
0: you've named a couple
1: yeah I'm, tr- I'm trying to give you different answers each time yeah. i'm gonna go with with algeria oh okay cool. algeria is amazing it's so it receives almost no tourism but it's got amazing food amazing people and it has everything it has mountains of snow it's got desert it's got beaches on the coast it's got everything
0: yeah really really good answer again but in terms of food, would it, how would it differ from Morocco, let's say? Because Morocco is maybe a food culture that more people are, are uh, familiar with. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's got a lot of the similar dishes like the tagine and tagine, stuff. Yeah. But then the food changes everywhere you go. So in the south, because Algeria is very big. It's the biggest country mm-hmm. in Africa. If you go down in the south in the desert, it's got more of a, the Tuareg sort of dishes. Uh, in the north, it's got more European like um, type of food it just yeah it's all very different so morocco is quite similar north to south Algeria, it does change from like region to region interesting where's somewhere you'd never go back i don't think there is somewhere I, I do want to go back to all the places i've been to okay that, can that, i say that, that
0: yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely man listen there's some places where people you know they have bad experiences and or maybe a country doesn't have that much offerings or, you know, once you've kind of done them all, you're like, well, you know, it's, it is what it is. I'm kind of done with that country. But no, if, if you, ha- if you'd love to go back everywhere, that's, that's good. That's, that's I mean, there's some places right?
1: I, I want to go back to more than others, but I wouldn't say there's a country that I wouldn't go back to, period. Fair enough. Yeah.
0: Where did you experience the least friendly locals?
1: Least friendly? I would say, so. I don't know. I don't think they, they intentionally not friendly, but Eastern European, I think it's just the culture yeah they come across as a little bit not rude but like aggressive closed off closed off cold yeah i don't think they mean it but it's just the way they come across and then you get that impression of them
0: it's it's like uh there's different stages of friendliness i think so in like you said in eastern europe people there are closed off a bit rude maybe but they're more likely to invite you into their homes for you to stay whereas if you look at canadians we're more you know surface friendly but yeah. l- less likely to invite you into our homes. Not to say that we don't invite people into our homes, but just less likely than I'd say Eastern Europeans.
1: Yeah, no, that's a good way of putting it. I do like that. It's true. Yeah.
0: Where were you the most scared?
1: So my tolerance, my, my fear tolerance is quite high. <laughs> I'd say, yeah. So there's not many places where I've actually been scared. I kind of know that, so if I'm going to a dangerous place, I know the situation and I know things can go wrong. So it is what it is. Um, so I haven't actually been somewhere. I've been frightened. Um, so I'm not going to say I've been scared, but like places place like Afghanistan, I was there by myself. I didn't have a tour guide, nothing. So I know it, like things could go wrong. Yeah. And this was before the Taliban. So it was actually more dangerous before the Taliban were in charge than it is now. People don't know that. Um,
0: Fuck. So, yeah, you just... I... You, you get that feeling right in your stomach when you're landing. You you see the the country for the first time, and you're just like your butthole fucking puckers up. You're like, oh yeah. shit, what did I get myself into?
1: No, when I when I landed in in Kabul and I was waiting for my local friend to meet me, I was I was nervous.
0: Yeah, yeah, but it's it's sometimes it's just what you hear about a country too, right? Because it's mm. like what we've heard of Afghanistan. Obviously, it's been in, in in recent war and poverty and because of the war and and stuff like that, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's like. Sometimes we only have that picture in our minds of what we've seen on the news,
1: and that's why and I that. like to travel—is to go and get my own my own idea of the country instead of just listening to the news.
0: Yeah. What is your favorite cocktail?
1: I like an espresso martini. Hell yeah! I like I like a frozen daiquiri. Can't go wrong with that. Fair enough. Yeah, I'd go for those two. Good good, good choices.
0: <laughs> so, Daniel, I'm gonna be I'm gonna change things up a little bit here because there's a question here that. Has been retired. I, I'm deciding it right now. Is retired is where did you find your cheapest pint? Because I know you've been to Vietnam's beer street. So yeah. I'm going to ask you a different question. Where did you find your most expensive pint?
1: You know, what, just to say, I'm not a big beer drinker. So I'm, when I travel, I don't drink much. And if I do drink it, it's going to be like a cocktail. Right. Or if, if it's all they have and the people with me are drinking, I'll drink a beer. Uh, but probably Scandinavia is quite expensive. But even where I'm from in London, I mean there's cheap places, expensive places, but you can pay fifteen dollars for a pint in some places.
0: Yeah, that that adds up after a while.
1: <laughs> I mean I don't know how expensive it is in Canada, but it's pretty uh, expensive. So, so I guess in terms of Euros probably be about um
0: Seven and ten is that like an uh, average. Yeah, I'd say if for like a craft beer, if you're looking for more of a domestic, you may get away with like a dive bar paying around five to seven.
1: But yeah, you can't beat the twenty cents beers in Vietnam.
0: <laughs> no man, for me that's that's honestly it's like my mecca. Yeah. <laughs> Where in the world is your favorite bar and why?
1: My favorite bar. There's a few cool ones in Bangkok where you have to like go through like alleyways and they've got like secret doors to go into. But my mm, favorite bar.
0: I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you about one of mine here. Just uh, while we're while we're while you're thinking about it. There's one that I went to in Berlin, and it was part of this alternative pub crawl. It. Okay. It, I wouldn't say it's my favorite, but it's definitely the, one of the most interesting I've ever been to in the world. So you we take the S Bahn to this random region in Berlin, we follow this tour guide that we're that's organizing the tour, go into this unmarked building, go down some stairs where there's not even like drywall. It's just drywall, like on the walls. <laughs> Get to this place and there's just a ping pong table and a bunch of people around the ping pong table and it's a ping pong bar. So what it is is everybody like goes in a circle and when the ball comes to you, you play the like your your turn. Yeah, yeah. If you miss you're out if you hit it you keep going and then the final two people like play a game of ping pong and everybody cheers and watches that's interesting <laughs> Is the, like it interesting was just like concept. i have never even heard of this in my life it's fucking weird but it was so cool
1: okay i've thought about one uh, in ukraine in kiev i don't know if it's like a one of a kind but we went to this bar where it's similar to how you described it you kind of to go downstairs looks quite dingy and they're famous for these shots where they basically put like a, a helmet on you, they make you do the shot and then they hit your head with a fire extinguisher and spin you around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually got a video of my friend doing it.
0: Hey, did, did it's like fit, a really he, dark
1: little bar underground and yeah, it doesn't smell very good, but it was fun.
0: Come for the shot, you get a free concussion.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's good for it it does for a good video. <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. <laughs> Sounds awesome though. But all right, let's get into a uh, top five. Top five. All right, guys, so in this top five here, Daniel's going to give us the top five strangest foods that he's eaten. So start us off at number five.
1: I'm going to do no particular order, if that's okay. Okay, yeah, That no particular order works. Okay, so a lot of these are quite recent because I have just came back from Asia. And I think I can actually do the whole top five from the last month and a half. <laughs>
0: it's still still in your stomach almost yeah
1: fresh <laughs> okay so this is one that I haven't actually posted on social media I think I put it on my close friends on Instagram but a lot of people get offended by this but I had dog meat in Laos oh shit was a golden retriever you know what you <laughs> can understand him too well and I showed him a, I just googled dog and obviously the generic golden retriever comes up and I showed it to him. Uh, He's like,
0: yeah, dog. <laughs> oh dude <laughs> then, how was it well
1: it wasn't a golden retriever but it was it was pretty good it was seasoned really well it was like barbecued we just met these guys sitting around on the floor in the middle of like nowhere it's like in the bush and they had a dog with them sitting next to them which is really weird
0: oh
1: (laughs) but yeah so dog i mean i would say that's number one like strangest to be fair What,
0: what was it like
1: um, like a like a very thin grilled beef because it was seasoned really well, so you kind of just taste the seasoning, like the peppers and all the spices.
0: Fuck. And I, and from from the questions I just asked you here, the the Q and A, like you pick dogs, you're a dog person too, so that must have been tough for you, no?
1: Yeah, I'm, like I said, I try, I try it once. I'm not gonna go and 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 yeah find and kill my own dog but if it's no. if it's already cooked i will i'll give it a try fair enough okay. number two i would you've probably seen the video but i would say sago worms from borneo so they're similar to they're basically coconut worms and you yeah so it's, they're quite common like people still eat them and so it's an indigenous food that they have in borneo and yeah it they quite big and they alive and when you bite into <laughs> them they actually explode in your mouth it's yeah it's a fun experience
0: yeah like I, I remember like in the video you put it down and then like the things like move and I'm like well yeah. what if
1: you're like chatting with a friend and it like escapes <laughs> I mean, they come in a bowl, so I don't think they can crawl out of it. But yeah, <laughs> that'd be funny. Fuck. Well, so, what does it taste like? When I had it, we we put lime on top. too. so you basically only really taste that. Okay. But you feel the sensation of it exploding, and it's just like I don't know, like a like a little gooey. But it, you just taste the lime.
0: Okay. And man, in that video, you, you're a fucking you're a fucking champion because like the guy puts it down, and you don't even hesitate. You're just like, Tar! just take it. Like, that's I've one of the things I, I was a little
1: bit nervous of trying when, I, when they brought it over and I was holding it for the first time it was moving in my hands that was yeah it was strange yeah number three uh, number three can be like a group so it can be like bugs in in asia mm. so I, I I did add scorpion in thailand which is quite common but in cambodia i had tarantula which is it's actually uh, like the locals eat it it's it's very common Shit. so there's like a town in cambodia where they just they are there's like a lot of tarantulas and they, then from there they get sold all over the country so it's a very common local food and that was interesting it was very hairy and Ah. they they spray some sort of like liquid uh, seasoning on it which makes it edible (laughs) but that and and other bugs I tried all the bugs I tried uh, scorpion uh, grasshopper I tried them all when I was there
0: all right, so least favorite and most favorite bugs.
1: Out of the bugs, they're all quite similar because they, the way they cooked, they they basically like fried. Yeah, so they don't really taste like much apart from the seasoning they put on it, the, the liquid seasoning. So they're all pretty similar. Just the tarantula it's, just would like a, it's like a
0: proteiny thing.
1: Yeah, like that's something I would I would happy. I mean. Most things I would do again. I wouldn't do the dog again for ethical reasons, but most food, I haven't had anything quite where, like, I don't want to do again. It's all been fine. Nice. This came from the same meal, but I'm going to put it as two separate ones. So it would be snake. Oh, shit. Uh, so we, yeah, so there's, there was this little lady selling cobra in Jakarta, Indonesia, and... So you'd have the snake sautéed, like on a stick, grilled, which is nice. So that would be one of the, the foods. But the other one, I don't know if you saw it, but it got taken down from my TikTok, but I had a shot of snake blood.
0: I don't think I saw that one.
1: Yeah, it got taken down for, apparently it was too gruesome. So she puts the, so yeah, so she cuts the head off, puts the blood into a cup with a little bit of rice wine. She gets the bile from the snake and puts that in it, and the spinal cord and cuts that up, and you drink that raw. Oh, <laughs> that was yeah that one wasn't the nicest it was yeah does I'll it taste you like
0: an, you know what i mean like if you if you cut yourself or something like you put your like, mm, like oh my
1: god does it taste kind of like that like no it didn't irony. taste like it didn't have the irony taste it, i didn't realize she had put like like old like fermented rice wine so it was very like you could taste sure. the alcohol but i thought that was like the like the acid from the from the bile but it wasn't it was from the the rice wine but oh. i didn't know at the time so i thought it was really weird the taste
0: that's pretty gnarly
1: yeah yeah <laughs> So, yeah, so that'd be, I'd be, that'd be the two. So it'd be the 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 snake shot and the snake meat. And I also tried monitor lizard from the same lady. She had she had monitor lizard there. So I tried satay both. How, how was that? So snake was more. So monitor lizard was like is very similar to crocodile. So it's very. Okay. It tastes like like chewy chicken. Mm. And snake was like a chewy pork. It was, yeah like pork but chewier. Uh,
0: there's a couple more that, or there's one more that I saw on your. Uh that i saw on your uh tiktok one that maybe people aren't familiar with but it's uh the durian durian fruit yeah like, durian. i know that there's like signs in like thailand of people saying like yeah. don't bring durian here like that's how strong the smell is
1: Yeah, it's the world's smelliest fruit so many hotels and like public transport and many public buildings you can't have open durian there it's illegal what, what does it smell like uh there's different types but like the generic smell is like old socks <laughs> But then you can you can kind of start to appreciate it over time. Like it doesn't smell bad anymore.
0: Does it smell like that when you're eating it?
1: Yeah. The, the and smell the taste is like that, it, that as well? No, it tastes completely different. So the taste, I had one called Musang King, which is meant to be the best quality of Dorian. And that was it kind of tastes like custard. Okay. And it's a similar color, but like a solid custard. And that was my second time having it. I had it a few years ago and I hated it and I gave it another try and it was, yeah, I'll, I'll do it again. That's That's pretty gnarly, dude.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so listen, I'll I'll share one that I've done that uh you might not have heard of. So um I grew up in the north of Canada. And mm-hmm. when I was like in grade 1 or grade 2, I remember we did like a like a show and tell almost. And um you know, most people just, like, show random, you know what I mean? Like, kids' stuff. Like, I got another favorite toy and shit like that. But, like, yeah, one of the kids that we had brought in raw seal for us to try. Oh,
1: that's an interesting <laughs> yeah. one. Yeah. How was that?
0: It was, uh, so, you know, seals are very fat, right? Yeah. They have a, a fat layer. So, it tastes very, like, I remember it because I remember my parents telling me don't eat raw meat right like so and when we were eating it in class i was like oh my god like this is am i gonna get sick but it was like a like a very fatty fishy meat
1: yeah that's interesting i haven't had that yeah i'll be on my uh, lip when i go there
0: yeah man if there's not a lot of people who do it but if you want to do crazy shit in canada i'd highly recommend doing nunavut or northwest territories nunavut being the crazier one Mm-hmm. because it's it's a complete tundra there's all yeah. sorts of create there's i mean even just the west has really cool animals too so but anyways, yeah it's uh that that was that was my uh my my uh, crazy food uh, uh situation
1: i like that i like that you reminded me of one can if we've got time yeah of course man got all day yeah. for you buddy um this was in ethiopia this is my first time like properly traveling in africa and I just arrived in Addis Ababa, which is the capital. Mm. And my host met up with me, and I wanted breakfast, and so all I wanted was like a coffee, a croissant, or something breakfasty. And he's like, "Hey, let's go have raw meat because that's a thing there. So they in Ethiopia they eat raw beef, and I know you can you get raw beef in most of the world, but in Ethiopia it's literally a restaurant next to a butcher shop." you see them chopping up the the raw beef and they just put it on your table and you just have yeah you just have chunks of raw beef dipped in like chili powder and and yeah that was my breakfast that was that was a strange one
0: yeah i don't know if i'd do that one like just no. based on you know what i mean just because it's not cooked like it could be don't know how long it's been out there you know what i mean like yeah you see some of the some of the the places that are like the butcher shops around the world sometimes and you're like stuff's just kind of hanging out you know <laughs> and if it doesn't get cooked like fuck
1: i can i'm usually pretty good at judging food and that one looked okay and i like my rare, so it couldn't be that bad for me
0: so so daniel you seem like you're a pretty good judge of of food so in future trips can i just send you a picture of what about i'm about to eat and you tell me if it's good or not yeah (laughs) okay (laughs) sounds good buddy (laughs) all right let's get to the story story time
1: okay have you ever heard of couch surfing of course so i do i couch surf everywhere i go that's how i travel i love it and i was with a friend who were couch surfing in Kissinow, in moldova which is the least visited place in europe so no one ever goes there and we were couch surfing with this lady, she had a baby, just her. And she lived in like this old Soviet apartment blocks and in the middle of nowhere, like far away from the city centre. And it was fine. And we went out, we had a few drinks, How you know how it is. Um, mm. Like my friend usually is the one who, who wants to go out and likes to get drunk and I feel bad. So I kind of go along with it. And yeah, we had a few drinks and we came back and we couldn't remember which floor it was, the, the house because <laughs> they all look the same like the house we we figured out which house it was we didn't know which floor cuz you don't actually cuz when you got there we didn't think to like remember that but it's important especially when you're getting home at 3 in the morning and it's like your house so we, we for the life of us we couldn't remember which floor it was and he was pretty confident it was the top floor and I was like no I don't think it is cuz I would remember that if, it's, if it was a top floor you'd remember that and he was like no, no no it is, it is it is so okay you go and knock i kind of stayed back and he was knocking really loud. I was like, don't knock too loud. Just, yeah, just knock. You got the police here. Yeah. This big Russian dude comes out of a big machete and like chases us down a few flights of stairs. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine why he was worried. It was three in the morning and someone's banging on your door. He, he, he comes out shouting with a big machete. And I oh, was sorry. <laughs> so we ran down and yeah, it was a floor below that one. So we were off by one floor. <laughs> Holy shit! So yeah. So long story short, yeah. Remember so, what you're saying.
0: So and how how much longer did you stay there? Bump into the guy I after think, like, oh hey.
1: No, no, we didn't bump into him. Luckily, but I think we were there another night or two after that. Not very long.
0: Fuck. But yeah. That's hilarious.
1: Yeah, yeah. That was fun. So every <laughs> that's, time that's I. It's a quick way to sober up, eh? Yeah. We were perfectly fine after that. <laughs> so yeah usually when people ask me stories that's kind of one that comes to mind because yeah i've done a lot of cool things but like i've never been robbed i've never had anything really bad happen to me i've never yeah so i don't really have any like getting robbed stories for example i know a lot of travelers usually do have that
0: statistically speaking it's going to come hopefully it took, not it, it took me uh 11 years to get robbed
1: i mean yeah luckily I've, I've never had that i've been to a lot of africa i've been to a lot of bad places my friends always say it's because i'm quite tall i've got tattoos and people don't really want to mess with me so i don't know if that's it but i've you been know, lucky. the guy who
0: robbed me I actually looked a little bit like you dude no, yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> what did he take uh my uh, my phone uh
0: yeah day that's two, never a good thing to lose day two before going day two in peru before going to the amazon so
1: it was uh was that the start of your trip or start you of the trip like, okay so you didn't and lose the, all your photos then
0: no but didn't have a phone while i was in the amazon had a had to buy a, a gopro afterwards but um also uh, my bag didn't show up the day before with all my stuff uh-huh. so it was uh felt so, yeah, a little nothing. naked at at that point
1: oh man that sucks yeah, You got some fun ones from West Africa. It's like in Mali. I got a few good. So have you heard of Mali, yeah. West Africa? Yeah. So this was during COVID. So a lot of Africa you could go into, but there's also a lot of restrictions, that you kind of had to like, like, think of ways around them. So we were in Ivory Coast in the north of Ivory Coast, which is very remote. No one ever really goes that far up, and we wanted to go into Burkina Faso. We had the visa, but the the land borders were closed, the The Ivorian land borders, so the country were in, they were closed, they weren't letting us out. So the next day we went up to the Mali border and we thought, what can go wrong for us? We paid a motorbike driver to take us through the bush around the immigration into Mali. So we basically we basically missed out on the la- on the border of Ivory Coast that so they were closed. So we went around them went straight to the to the the checkpoint where you enter Mali and, and had to pay a bribe because obviously they know the border was closed. So we paid them a bribe 3 or 4 dollars and they stamped us in and so that that part of Mali is also very remote we're it's about 7 or 8 hours from the capital. So we after we we went through like passport control and stuff. And it's not how you think it's not like it's, like, it's basically a hut with a guy with a machine gun, just stamping passports. It's nothing fancy. So that was, yeah, that was one thing. We we basically went through three hours through like the jungle to get to the other side. And at one point I thought we were gonna get kidnapped because like, the bike kept stopping and, and that was very sketchy. And then you don't know about animals, what's gonna be there. But so yeah, yeah. so we, we illegally crossed that border. And then we get to the little town where, so obviously there's always a little town at the border. We asked about the bus going to the capital and they said, well, nothing leaves till so the morning. There's, there's terrorist bandits bad guys on the roads so we had to we, <laughs> we spent the night yeah we spent the night at this little town it had like four or five houses and yeah there was like ten buses and all the cars were waiting there because no one drives at night in Mali because it's dangerous and everyone just like kind of sleeps on the street having tea and in the morning they kind of do a convoy and all leave together what? yeah because yeah, it's just too dangerous to leave at night they would they would get stopped and robbed and killed
0: Jesus Christ that's, that's insane man in Canada we don't drive at night because of the moose
1: because of the moose yeah <laughs> But yeah, there is just, it's just too dangerous because you never know. like, cause it's, there's nothing in between the cities. There's just like long open stretches of darkness and they can just make a little checkpoint with machine guns and it can, yeah, it can go quite bad.
0: Yeah, so, so I guess after you, you got in, you know, without, or I guess illegally, how were you able to then get out?
1: No, so the, so the borders that were closed were Ivory Coast. So we couldn't uh, leave Ivory Coast. We could enter Mali but the border, the Ivory Coast borders were closed. Right. So they wouldn't let us leave. So we basically avoided them and got stamped into mali if that makes sense yeah makes sense so we already had a mali visa we just needed to to get through the border makes sense so yeah so africa you can a few dollars goes a long way in africa i know i shouldn't be promoting bribery but it's actually the first time and only time i've ever had to do that when in rome yeah so you yeah that was that was a fun time and it's strange like a lot of people when they go traveling they like love i don't know like water sports and they get adrenaline from like seeing the taj mahal but i i got adrenaline being on the back of a motorbike going through the bush illegally in mali into one of the most dangerous places at night and i like those sort of things it's really weird but yeah
0: that's why you're a good fit for this podcast
1: yeah that's what i enjoy
0: yeah um do you want to leave us with uh maybe describing mecca
1: yeah um mecca is a very special place um technically non-muslims aren't allowed to be there um, but i did speak to a lot of muslims when i was there they knew i was a muslim and i had my i had a host in saudi he knew i was going and a lot of them just turned around to me and said as long as you're respectful and you dress correctly just go it's a beautiful place it's a saudi law it's not a muslim law or not a muslim muslim rule so a lot of people don't mind but yeah it's an amazing place uh, it's huge it's beautiful and I kind of got emotional. So we were leaving and it was the the call for prayer, the one around six o'clock, the, the evening one. And I got emotional just how, how everyone stops what they're doing and just gets on the floor, like no matter where you are. So we were walking back to back to the bus and there's a rule that you don't have to pray if you're traveling so if you have to go somewhere you don't have you don't have to pray but everyone around us it, like on the streets uh on the pavement in the shops in the mosques everyone would stop and just face mecca and like the whole city was crazy it's like being in Times square and just everyone like the the call for prayer goes off and everyone just gets on their knees and starts doing the prayer and it was yeah it felt special
0: and i mean it's like that must have been like a, a crazy moment for you just seeing kind of the unity of this uh yeah. like everybody around this religion right it's 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 like a like a coordinated not even a coordinate it's a coordinated thing that people are just all doing together everywhere they are in this in this country right
1: no matter where you are region. if you're rich or poor everyone does it yeah i find it yeah. it's, it's a beautiful thing yeah
0: but i mean for for you to to go against saudi law like not against uh muslim law but like Still, like there, that's definitely a country. I don't know if I would have done that. Like that's to my that's defense. Of you.
1: you can tell I'm not Muslim. I got tattoos. I've got, um, I have a Muslim name, and I went to the bus station. I got a bus. No one stopped me. No one questioned me. I got to Mecca. No one questioned me. No one said anything. So. <laughs> Yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah.
0: I remember when I was in uh, Morocco, there was a guy that was in our tour group because uh, we did like the the desert and all that, whatever. And uh, <laughs> the day before, he had gone into one of the mosques. And the guy's like like you, you you can only come in if you're arabic he's like oh yeah i'm arabic <laughs> and then he's like goes in and then one of the guys asked the other guy like like where, like where are you from he's like oh korea and then he like walks around the mosque whatever and then like one of the guys talks to the other guy's like there's no muslims in korea <laughs> he pulls him out of the mosque
1: <laughs> he should have he should have said indonesian <laughs>
0: yeah exactly yeah anyways that's yeah it's it's crazy oh but I, yeah I, I, i'd i love to go and to see what it's like but yeah it's it's uh yeah i feel like favorite. it was a good
1: time they had just opened up to tourism this is when they they just started the e-visa i feel like the more tourists they get they're gonna start being a little bit stricter with mecca either that or you yeah. never know they might make it you might be able to get a tourist bus and go visit it you, you don't know what way they're gonna go with that but yeah. yeah it's a really nice place really interesting
0: yeah man really interesting stuff but listen daniel i i just want to i just want to thank you for coming on this was a lot of fun no uh, i i knew from based but based on your videos this was going to be really good and you had some really interesting traveling travel destinations uh i i guess one last question for you what's next Where where's the next place
1: uh next is going to be central africa and that's going to be in february so i'm doing a whole bunch of countries there a lot of really remote places a lot of tribes i can't wait for that
0: nice uh i just forgot that we forgot to talk about Mauritania. yeah uh so so i guess just a reminder that daniel is doing he's the travel leader for uh, a trip to Mauritania, and i one day will learn how to say this place's name
1: Mauritania. Am I saying it right? Well, I, I mean, Mauritania. I don't know. People pronounce things differently. I say Mauritania. Just go with that. Mauritania. Yeah. Uh,
0: what, if people are interested in doing this trip that you're uh, leading, What what is it like? Like what, what, is, what, what is included?
1: So it includes the price, includes everything apart from the flights. So it includes uh, your accommodation, your food, your guide, your drivers, everything in the country. So you just worry about getting there and your visa, obviously you have to, you do that at the airport and yeah so it's an amazing place it's got an, almost no tourists and it's like morocco it's very it's got a lot of desert and a lot of the similar cultures in morocco but i think it's better i really enjoy mauritania and it's home yeah, to what the, type of thing- the home to right. the the world's most dangerous train ride i know some like influencers like to call it that
0: right the uh the
1: iron ore train the Col- yeah.
0: yeah yeah
1: yeah you did that right i've done it twice now and I'm gonna go back. Oh shit! I'm gonna go back in March for the third time. That's the oh, main so reason people want to go to Mauritania to so do that. It's like a big, like bucket list thing in the extreme travel world.
0: Why? Why is it so dangerous?
1: I mean, you're on top of a train that's going at 40 kilometers per hour, and there's no railings or anything. But I don't think it's too dangerous. I feel like, like unless you're a, someone who sleeps and rolls a lot, then it could be dangerous. But I, I, it's just the the idea of being on top of a moving train through the desert. Like if you fall off, who's going to see you? Yeah, I think that's what it Fuck. is. Fuck.
0: Yeah, the the potential of danger is high. Yeah, the potential
1: of danger is high. But I know this this has been a thing for many years now in the the extreme travel world no one's ever had a an issue with it or even with the locals i I don't know like locals that's how they get around because it's free and you can cross the whole country overnight and if you were to do that by by road it would take you two or three days and it'd be quite expensive so all the locals use that as transport
0: okay and and this uh this trip on train is done in your Mauritania, mauritania trip
1: yeah this is this is something that we do in the trip sweet
0: listen so check it out it's on your link tree in your bio can you remind people what uh where they can find you
1: uh on instagram or tiktok now and it's the same at which is just dnzh.travels awesome
0: anyways thanks a lot for coming on dude thank you for having me listen i i I had a really good time and i hope you you uh you come back uh later on your journey we get an update on where you're at
1: yeah maybe when i when i finish every country i'll come back and talk about that
0: absolutely dude (laughs)
1: it's been good man i've enjoyed it all
0: right take care.
1: Peace out. Thank you for listening to Two Beers Till Takeoff. Do you want free additional content or
0: just to stay connected with the show? Then give us a follow on our social media platform. That means TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, all of them. Are you in need of podcast production services, video editing, or anything in between? Then look no further than Strut Sound Productions, the official producer of the Two Beers Till Takeoff podcast. Music produced by Alex Gagne. Check out his work in our show notes. Voiceover done by Viking Leo K. See you next week on Two Beers He'll take off.